Hello and welcome to uh, the Hooligan Report for another week. Uh, I'm joined by Boyan. Hi, guys. And also by Lunity. Hello. Uh, and we'll preview the fixtures for the first week of the Premier League season, but we'll start with a bit of discussion about a couple of sides we've uh, yet to discuss over the pre-season. Um, we'll start with Manchester United, who've had a bit of uh, bit of a change over the off-season, would you say, Boyan, with uh, Mourinho coming into the club and a couple of new signings? Lots of change, mate. <laughs> Lots of change and change for the better, if you remember my rants last year about Van Hart. We finally had a manager who's, who's come in who's been very decisive about what he wants. Um, and we've seen four very high caliber players join the club. Uh, yeah, so it's a really exciting time for us with players like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Paul Podba, Henrik Mkhitaryan and Eric Bailey joining. So I couldn't really be happier with our summer. Uh, what sort of impact do you expect from someone like Ibrahimovic at his age? Do you think he'll be able to just continue his form from last season or do you expect that there will be some sort of drop-off? It's far too hard to say uh, with any conviction, right? I mean, if if his performance against Leicester and the Charity Shield is, is anything to go by, and I think that is probably what the way that, that he will perform this season... He won't do much outside of, outside of the box. He hasn't got his pace anymore, but if you give him chances, he'll put them away. He's very clinical. You saw him in the charity shield. He outjumps and outstrength. Where's Morden, which is not the easiest thing to do, and they're buried really the one chance he had for the game. Uh, but I think his, his impact will also be felt pretty heavily off the field as well. We haven't had a, had a real leader in the dressing room since... Amanda Vidic and um, Patrice Evra left the club a few years ago. So that we actually got someone who will bring that confidence and some would say arrogance that's also brought with Jose Mourinho. Lunardi, obviously uh, Mourinho was your manager for a chunk of last season and, and, and the seasons before that. What's your take on him going to United and, and, and do you think he'll be a success? Uh, yeah, I think he's, he's he'll be a success wherever he goes, basically. Um, I think it was a mistake to get rid of him when we did, because I, I, it was more the players than him, in my view. But I, the, of course, you could say that it's his methods that result in the players being like that. Um, so I don't think there's any doubt that for at least the first two seasons he'll be good. It's just <laughs> whether whether United players can stand him for much longer than that. Well, he's only got a, he's only got a three year deal, doesn't he, Boyan? So perhaps it's um not likely he'll see an extension to that deal? Well, there there was there was talk about a month ago that United were considering extending it, but uh, they haven't done so far, which is good. I mean, I've, I've done a bit of research, I guess further research on him now that he's managing my club, and there seems to be, I guess, a fairly clear pattern with him. The first year... He either wins the league or he's pretty close. The second year, he wins the league wherever he goes. And then the third year, is that there's that massive drop-off. There is another, I guess, correlation there too. Last year, he really wanted Chelsea to buy Paul Pogba and he wanted mm. Chelsea to buy some other big stars. He had a big falling out with the director of football, Emanalo. They didn't really sign anyone outside of 
Well, Falcao, if I can And Pedro once recall. the season started, yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. So I think, I mean, under his methods, they're, they're fairly, fairly intense. And I think players uh, get over that after two or three years. I mean, even uh, Didier Drogba in his autobiography alluded to that. Whilst he loved working with Mourinho, by the third year, they were kind of all burnt out. So for Mourinho to work, there does need to be a turnover of players. Not I'm talking the whole team, but a certain number of players every few years needs to be turned over. And then in terms of player relationships, um, Ibra's taken the number nine off Martial, who's now, I think, number 11. Uh, and then obviously as well, uh, one matter who had troubles with Mourinho at Chelsea as well. Um, is there any sort of truth in the fact that either of them might be might have been a bit offside, put, put, put a bit offside by Mourinho? Oh, I'm not, I don't think by Mourinho, per se. I think there quite clearly has been a, a lack of communication between the club and Martial, especially considering that I think he'd either just had done or was just about to release a clothing line in France called AM9. I think so that probably wasn't, wasn't the greatest timing. There. So there should have been greater communication there on that so, but I don't think there's a rift at all between Martial and, and Mourinho, and I think he's going to have a massive season considering he's going to have uh, players such as Paul Pogba and Luke Shaw going down the left-hand side. So he should get plenty of space and not have the double teams he had last year. And with regards to one matter, who knows, mate? I mean, that that's really... That relationship, I think, is a lot more complex than, than pe- people think. I don't think it's 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 quite as clear cut. He's got the ability, and, and, I, and I've said this kind of ever since I've come on the podcast and come come on on, on the board. My mother, there's no there's no doubting his talent. The doubt is his physicality and his speed, and I'm just not sure how he's going to fit into a Mourinho side. I mean, would do you think that's a fair call, Lunatic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it didn't work two and a half years ago with Chelsea. I can't see him staying long now, being older um, with United. I think probably by January, um, again, he'll be off. Do we think he might head back to Spain? I think that's most likely. I think Valencia are interested in getting him back from what I've seen. but Well, if, if Valencia it looks like they're trying to sell, well, trying to sell being enticed to sell uh, Mustafi to Arsenal for £30 million and potentially Abdenor, their other centre-half, which is kind of a strange move, uh, selling both the centre-halves before the season starts. But Jorge Mendes runs that club, so who knows what happens there. But uh, there's not a lot of money, uh, as we all know, in Spain outside of the big three there. But uh, Valencia is one club that's bankrolled by... A billionaire, and they're, they're looking up. They're going to sell one of their best players. That would make sense for both the player and and also um, Valencia. The other place I would see him go and and fit in would be in Serie A, but I'd have doubts. Looking at the way that uh, Italian clubs approach their purchases, I have significant doubts that United would want to deal in being paid £25 million in 25 instalments over 25 years. <laughs> um, 
The other Manchester clubs also had quite a bit of a spending spree this summer um, with Manchester City appointing Pep Guardiola as their new manager and, and they've splashed out the cash on players such as John Stones for about £47.5 million, pounds, um, Nolito for £13 or £14 million, pounds, Gundogan for about £20 million pounds, uh, and several other players as well. Um, Bojan, do you think um, Guardiola is the man for City who can bring them sort of that sustained success or, or do you think he's also a short shorter term appointment well he's certainly i mean i, I think that question will be answered in in two ways he won't be there more than three years because he's nowhere more than three years in the same although he often leads leaves under different circumstances to Mourinho. um but yeah i don't see him being a long-term solution because he's, there's no track record to go on to say he'll be there for more than three years but the, re- the reason he gets he gets hired and people want him so much is because they talked about the legacy that he leaves at clubs and the way that and the way that he improves players. So I think although he'll be a short term um, appointment, he will leave a lasting legacy that's felt for years there. Um, and Lunady, obviously, City have managed to buy John Stones, who you were linked with pretty heavily last summer. Are you yeah. disappointed in in not getting stones, or have you sort of as Chelsea sort of moved on to obviously uh, targeting Koulibaly this this summer? Um, I'm not too disappointed because I don't think he's worth that much money, um, and we obviously weren't willing to pay it last season. Um, and he's ha- he didn't have a great a great year, um, so I'm I'm fine with us not spending nearly fifty million for him. Um, and it does, you're right, it does seem like we've moved on to trying to get Cooler Bolly, but it's going to be for about the same amount of money regardless. So um, we'll just see what happens, I suppose. I do think you you'll find probably. It interesting, sorry. Do you find it interesting that um, Conte's turned up at Chelsea and after you were linked so heavily with John Stones last year, but he's, I don't think, I haven't heard of any Chelsea interest in John Stones. And it's all been towards those, I guess, more pure defenders as opposed to ball-playing centre-halves. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose, um, I guess he wants his defenders to be more defensive than what Guardiola plans to have with Stones. Um, and because there's been, there's been, as you said, like almost no, no talk that we've been looking at Stones this summer. Um, compared to the huge ordeal last year. Um, yeah. Well, just on City, before we move on to Chelsea, um, how do we see John? Uh, how do we see Stones gelling in that back in that uh, defensive partnership, perhaps with company, or will it be three at the back as Guardiola's played some in some places, or how do we see them lining up? Um. I, I think it would be madness for them to start it with three at the back right now. I think that's what he'll eventually go to, but I don't think they have the players to play that for formation yet. And I think for the, I guess, to stop them leaking too many goals early in the season, they're better off playing a back four. They still have two very capable fullbacks in Senior and Clichy, and they have two capable centre-halves, potentially three centre-halves in company if he's fit, Stones and Otamendi. 
looks like Denier's going to be going out on loan or being sold. He's pretty unhappy about not being given an opportunity. Uh, Mandala look, looks to be on, on his way as well. So I still think there's there's a potential further defensive signing at, at Man City personally, unless he's going to play one one centre half and two fullbacks at the back. But that would be, I think, it would be suicide for them. Uh, and then finally, Lunardi, I'll ask you as a neutral, uh, who do you see finishing higher on the table out of United and City? Um, I think it, I think it, it'll probably be City. Um, I feel like it might take a bit for United to get get used to Mourinho and um, have the players gel with with his ideas. Whereas Guardiola, I think. I think City has already has the players ready to go for that, and I think they'll just be able to back it up a lot easier than United climbing a few spots. What's your take on that, Bojan? Jesus, I'd say City's <laughs> <had> opposite, and <laughs> okay. I, I, I'd argue very strongly that Jose Mourinho knows this league inside out. He spent the last six, six months on the sidelines scouting scouting uh, not only the opposition teams in the Premier League, potential signings and how they'll integrate, and also Manchester United. He knows all the players inside out now. He knows all the signings that they've made inside out. I mean, he was scouting Hendrik Mkhitaryan two, in, in Dortmund with uh, Rui Farrier two weeks after he was sacked. He already knew he had the job at United. So he's been playing for this for, this, uh, for, for some time. So outside of maybe shopping to integrate initially because of the Euros, the problem that, that every manager has in, in the league, or every manager in the, in the top half, SM. Um, there's not... I think that's going to that's gonna affect affect everyone across the board. I don't, I don't think there are too many players within Man City who are capable of playing the system that Guardiola wants. I also think there's a lot, a lot of uh, players with, without Man City who know that they're not first choice and who know that they're just waiting until Guardiola finds someone to replace them, such as Joe Hart. It is quite clear to anyone that uh, he's a dead man walking as soon as they can convince Claudio Bravo or to state him to, to move. So I think that particularly uh, in the first year, and, I, and I've been quite, quite consistent in saying this, I think in the first year, Mourinho will do very well. Um, and I think that Guardiola second season, which is when you'll see the real Man City, because that team that he inherited to what to the team that he'll want, they're still a long way apart. Uh, well, another club that's had a new manager come in this summer is Chelsea. So we'll move on to chat about them now with you, Lunati. Um, do you see Conte is significantly changing Chelsea's style in this off season? Um, yeah, I have noticed in the previous season we've been a bit more like a bit more attacking. Um, than how we have been in the last few seasons with um, Mourinho, um, we don't we don't for as much get to the get to the opponent's box and just dink the ball around looking for a way in. It's been a lot more direct. Um, but it, it has we ha- I've seen the defense suffer. I think we've only had like one or two clean sheets over the preseason, um, and I mean that's partly to do with the fact that we don't have great defenders at the moment and we do need to buy more. But, um, yeah, I think the style will, will definitely change. Do you, do you find it concerning about your lack of signings so far? I mean, you've brought in Batshuayi 
for about 33 million and and Kante for 32 million but that seems to have been your only business so far of any note yeah it is um i i think we still need two defenders we need a fullback to piss, to piss Ivanovic off um <laughs> So we've got we had Ola Aino playing a fair bit in prison and he, he's looked alright, but he's nowhere near ready for a starter. Um, so we need we definitely need either a right back and keep Aspiliqueta on the left, or a left back and we can move Aspi to the right. But I don't know. Everyone seem, all the managers seem to love having Ivanovic playing. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and then definitely a centre back because uh, Terry's not getting any younger. Cahill, the same thing, and Zuma's still coming off his ACL injury. Um, so really, our, our centre backs, a fit centre backs, are Terry Cahill and Ivanovic, which is concerning going into the season. Um, what would constitute a successful season for Chelsea after last season's pretty disastrous results? Do you see? Again, are you back to thinking that nothing short of a top four position would be? acceptable or are you is there a bit more leeway given where the club's sort of coming from i suppose um i'd be disappointed if it wasn't a top four finish um but you know last season was pretty bad um and it might take a little while to to get back to where we were um but yeah i i would still be disappointed with anything under four Bayan, did you have any questions about chelsea they need a centre-half on nobody's business. <laughs> they need it so bad. If they go into the season, if, if they don't buy a high-quality centre-half before the window closes... Oh, we're screwed. I think you'll basically mirror Manchester United's last two years. Basically, it'll be dull, yeah. drab, let's try and not concede football because, you know, all the... Well, there's the one team that that Conte built at Juve was really built behind a world-class back four, if not back five. Mm. And out in the Chelsea team, you could say that Azpilicueta is bordering on world-class. He's definitely their best and most consistent defender. Zuma won't be back, I assume, until January at the earliest. So they are wafer thin at the back. And if they don't improve that, you know, it'll be the... John Obi, Mikel show, and probably at a back five of potatoes and trying to win one nil. Well, it's interesting then, as you've sold Gillibodji for about eight million pounds to Sunderland, um, that you're willing to sanction the departure of a centre back. Uh, it's it's got to be that they they have like they're confident that they'll get Koulibaly or Nick uh, Mustafi off Arsenal. Um, if if it ends, I mean, even though Gillibodji. He's like he's a bit of a joke for Chelsea fans because of his only playing one, having one appearance or two appearances for us. Um, but it would be ridiculous to decrease what is already our weakest area by selling him. He's horrible. That's why you're selling him, mate. He's horrible. <laughs> I, I heard actually <laughs> that he was half decent in Germany. Sorry. I heard he was half decent in Germany. Well, he was the one that Philippe Auclair was talking about. There might have been some uh, illegal shenanigans going on because he thought that, um, you know, the famous French journalist, he thought that Gillette Bodgy was barely a um, 
leader player, let alone a Premier League pl- caliber player, and that he was worth about three hundred thousand euros, not whatever Chelsea paid for him. So yeah, well, and, if, 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 and, and if, if if what we're saying is correct, and the Conte's come in there knows he got a shortage at centre half and is prepared to let him go, I think that pretty much says it all. Yeah, well, it will be interesting to see how he goes for Sunderland in that case. For uh, £8 million, pounds, they'd be wanting a pretty decent player, so we'll see how that pans out for them. Um, <laughs> I caught up with Firetuck a little bit earlier to chat about Leicester, so let's have a listen to that now. I'm joined now by Firetuck. Hey, guys, how are you? Good to have you along. Um, hopefully you've managed to catch your breath after what was a pretty exciting season last season. Uh how did you find it all, just as a as a bit of a summary? Uh, honest, honestly, um, it, it still feels pretty surreal right now. I mean, <laughs> Leicester City champions of the Premier League. What happened to this? What happened to this big four dominance? Where, oh, exactly. where did where all of yeah? Where did all this come from? I uh, mean, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's still pretty hard to um, wrap your head around it all. Um, so obviously, you travel to the. KCOM is the defending champions, which is pretty unreal. Um, how do you think you'll go this season? Um, do you think you'll be able to replicate that sort of success and, and finish in the top six, or do you think there'll be some sort of drop-off with um, Champions League football also on the schedule? Champions League football definitely will play a big part in the early season. I mean, well, it's six extra games at the very least. It's still not quite a championship season, mind, but... Uh, well, well, these days, well, it's a, it's at a higher intensity, and especially the fact that you have to travel to grounds. Well, at this, well, I mean, travel to other countries, as opposed to going to, well, as opposed to going to Hull or London, for example. Yeah. Uh, I suppose the big one, well, the big ones to figure out, well, what sort of fixtures are around those games. I did take an earlier look and found something rather interesting, actually, before. Basically, before all of our games in Europe, we play, all of them are away games, Liverpool, United, oh, Chelsea, Tottenham, <laughs> uh, what, Watford, Watford's the exception, and Sunderland away, but we play Man City after the sixth and final game. And then on the other side, we have all of these, most of these are home games, Burnley, Southampton, West Brom, and Middlesbrough. So hard games going into the going into the European going into the Champions League games, and easy ones outside of it. So there might be a bit of, there might be a bit of a gamble that we might take it a bit easier in the game in those harder games. So so I do expect maybe a perhaps a bit of a drop off there just to give ourselves a better chance. Um, I think we're going we're going to give Champions League a fair and proper go. I mean we're going in as the top seed. And uh, the worst that we could possibly face is Atletico Madrid. And as a Leicester fan, it almost is a given because the last two times we went, well, the last time we went to Europe, Atletico stopped us. So, <laughs> yeah, so it, it seems to be on the cards. Well, you've I mean, obviously you've made some decent signings with um, Mendy, Musa, uh, Hernandez, Zila. So you've got some good depth now. Does that mean that you'll rotate the squad quite heavily to? Uh, cope with this European football? Oh, we've got, we've got so many quality players, but we don't know what to do with them, in all honesty. 
I think the first the first thing we're going to do is start off with the team that got us the pre- got us the title last year, and then we introduce our new players. I expect players like uh, Musa and Mendy to get substitute appearances first up, and then once we get to grasp what our best eleven is exactly, then once once the Champions League games come, then we can start. Well, start strategizing how exactly we're going to rotate these players. I mean, you can, I mean, as much as nice as it is to have Min, uh, Musa and Vardy together at the same time, that's not going to be that's not going to be practical, especially considering both rely on their speed, and you want you want them as fresh as possible. So, there's going to be some interesting strategy, especially in the early part of the season. And then, obviously, Kante has uh, departed for Chelsea, and and you've had um, Walsh depart for Everton as well. So. How do you see their departures impacting on the side, and and I guess who is the bigger impact? Oof. Well, to be honest, looking at the preseason games, it's quite clear that we have been missing Conte's influence in the midfield. We're just it just doesn't you you expect him to be there, and well, well, obviously it's missing. I mean that 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 Community Shield game, that Lingard goal. I'll tell you one thing, if Conte was there, that goal was never going to happen. And, well, it's telling. Uh, we, uh, we have, I have seen some signs in Amati and a little bit from Mendy that they could potentially fulfill that role, but I think they're going to need a bit more time just to see if they can. Um, Jetson and I were talking a bit earlier about this. The funny thing is we might actually see Drinkwater be our Conte and, make, and maybe Mendy takes over Drinkwater's role as that a... As that ball playing midfielder there, so could be quite interesting to see if, if what what well what evolves over the season. And then in terms of Walsh also leaving for Everton, is that going to be more of a long term impact on the club? I definitely is going to be a long term impact because he was responsible for well finding finding well finding these wonderful gems of players that we've helped develop, and unfortunately in Conte's case, see see along his way. Um, it looks like we might have uh, Tottenham's um, Tottenham's former director of football coming this way potentially. So that might be intru- and he's got a pretty good track record. He was working with Coman. He was working with Coman in South with in his Southampton day. So that could be interesting to see how that goes. So well, the club has a plan, and well, hopefully we get hopefully we get the right guys and uh, see the club forward. Um, and then I guess, what what would constitute a successful season for you? Obviously, last season was such an unbelievable success for you guys. Um, would a top 10 finish suffice, or are you kind of aiming a bit higher and, and perhaps a bit of progression in Champions League? We either go undefeated back-to-back champions or an area <laughs> goes out. <laughs> no, nah. nah, but uh, I, think, I think for us to get, well, for a successful season, I would think... I would think a top four position would actually be successful per se. I think realistically speaking, we should try to aim between the fifth and seventh and get us a Europa League spot. Satisfactory, I think, would be, yeah, top 10. Top 10, I think, would be the minimum for that. I mean, we need to establish, we need to step forward and establish ourselves. I mean, no good winning, no good winning the title if you can't establish something out of it. I mean, Southampton and West Ham have developed, have developed a good, some good consistency and well we need to see some consistency from ourselves give us something to build on in future seasons 
And then the first building block, of course, comes this Saturday night against Hull in the opening game of the season. No defending champion has ever lost on the opening day of the season. Hull has, I think, it's 12 or 13 fit players, two of whom are goalkeepers. The scene is set for, for a typical sort of... Uh, typical Leicester sort of performance, um, you know, one nil to Hull perhaps um, <laughs> <laughs> at the KCOM. How, how, how do you see the game panning out? Do you do you think you guys are, are going to run away with it, or, or it'll be a close one, or, or what do you think? Well, in typical Leicester fashion, unfortunately, we have been a bit victims. Like, oh, everything has gone bad for the opposition. Oh, look, they sacked their manager, and then they and then they win like. One or two nil or something like that. They, it always is the case. I mean, I mean when when Pardew got the when I think I think when in the relegation season when Pardew left for Crystal Palace. I mean, I was actually very worried for the Newcastle match, and I don't think they were doing too well at that point. And well, then again, neither were we. But <laughs> it's it's just a history. It's, even even in our even in even in the even in the championship winning season, we all we we had that as well. So. No, not a good omen when when you guys are just dropping like flies. Your manager's just left, and well, your your owner's left you up a creek, and well, all sorts of turmoil going on at Hull. I mean, it, it just seems it just seems like the scene is set for an over the t- over against the odds victory for Hull. But realist, but barring that. I hope we're still trying to find our groove. In all honesty, I, I actually think you guys will be in for the first hour or so. But once uh, once Musa comes on, I think it will be a bit of a different story. In all honesty, so yep. uh, uh, so I'm tipping. Oh heck! I think uh, we'll go we'll go three nil for this one. Yeah, I, I I can't disagree with you. I can't really see anything pointing in our favour, but who knows? It's uh always interesting once the um once the whistle goes and we'll see how it pans out um i'll ask you one final question which is just who who do you think will be um your player of the season who do you think will impress the most i mean obviously vardy and mares had outstanding seasons last year do you think either of them can back it up or or do you think it'll be a new boy like mendy or musa who might steal the show oh good question player of the season if leicester is to have a good season I think. Hmm. Well, if Musa start if Musa starts firing, I think those two, I think Vardy and Musa might cancel each other out. In all honesty, um, out of the new boys, I can't honestly see. Uh, I can't see Mendy or any of the others getting it. Mm. I'll go. Oh heck! I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with Myers to back. I'll go with Myers to back it up because. Oh, you know, creative flair, and he does break the defenses down. Where, well, considering, la- well, if 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 the opposition's learnt anything from last season, they're going to try those tactics, especially if Ardy and Moose are together. And well, we need someone to break them down, and I think that's where that's where Myers is going to come in and uh, just break it down, and uh, well, continue our streak. We'll continue our good streak, I suppose. Well, if the streak continues, it'll be um, certainly great to watch, especially with Champions League football as well. I mean, it was a fairy tale run to the title last season, but it continues this season with Champions League football as well. So we'll look forward to it with um, great interest. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, Frytuck. Uh, thanks for having me. And we'll catch you next time. Yep.
So, we just heard from Friartuck about the Le- uh, Leicester game to open the season against Hull City. Uh, so, I'll open it to you guys as well. Um, opening game of the season, 9.30 tonight uh, on SBS as well, free to air. So, it's going to be very easy for everyone to watch uh, here in Australia. Um, how do you guys see this game panning out? Obviously, Hull have one fit centre-back. So, Jake Livermore is going to drop back there to uh, partner Curtis Davies against Jamie Vardy and potentially Musa as well. Um, is there any chance that Hull can spring some sort of upset? I think in the Premier League, there's always a chance, but I really, this one's very low, I think. I think Leicester <laughs> should comfortably win. Is uh, Hernandez playing? Yeah, he will. So, I mean, that's that's the only uh, positive element I can kind of take from our preseason is that he's kind of, he's scored four goals in four games against some pretty handy opposition in, in sides like Torino. Um, so if he can continue to score goals, even with uh, the lack of players, that that's the only chance I really give us. Uh, who are you going to play in goal, by the way? Uh, Jakubovic. Can you give me some background on who that is? So if you if you remember last season in the FA Cup, uh, we, we went to the Emirates against Arsenal, and he made about 16 saves or something like that, and gave us a clean sheet against Arsenal for the first time in about 100 years. Uh, and he was also the keeper that played in our playoff campaign because McGregor had um, back issues at that point, which have carried on into this preseason. Um, but he, he's actually he's actually the longest-serving player at the club because he was the first player Steve Bruce signed when he arrived at the club. Uh, and he's been um, mainly a cup player for us, but he's, he's had a few chances in the league. Um, if you think McGregor makes a few howlers, then you haven't seen Jakubovic yet because... In one of his first games against Sheffield Wednesday back in the championship, he uh, basically dropped the ball over the line and then feigned a head injury so that he could get subbed off because <laughs> he was so embarrassed with <laughs> what had happened. <laughs> and it's, it's taken a while oh, for him dear. to live that down. Um, so, yeah, it's looking really promising for you, mate. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what, what's, what's your score predictions, guys? Yeah, I, I actually think it might be closer than people think. And the reason for that is I think Mike Phelan knows that uh, you're not going to really be able to, be able to compete w- with Leicester. And if you come out, you're going to get absolutely destroyed with Jake Livermore at the back on the uh, counter-attack. So I think you'll sit deep and you'll put pretty much everyone behind the ball, keep Hernandez up top and, ho- and hope to steal a 1-0. But I think you might go down 2-1. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, maybe maybe two nil. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking something similar to that. I think the way we've been lining up in preseason, um, we've played a four three three, but we've basically had the two um, frontmen, wide frontmen, dropping back to make a five man midfield when we're defending. So I think we're sort of preparing for a pretty defensive performance against Leicester, where we can hope to get them on the counter, which would be. Um, a bit ironic given how they played last season, but yeah, I, I think maybe a 2-1 or a 2-0 to Leicester is probably the most likely result. Um, then we've got Crystal Palace against West Brom, which is a pretty uh, underwhelming sort of game, I suppose. It's the purest classic. Uh, two teams he's managed. Um, do we see it being anything other than 0-0? Probably not. <laughs> um, just now that Aston Villa are gone... I think West Brom now take the title of most irrelevant team in the league. Is that am I right in saying that? Oh, I would think so. 
it's interesting. I mean, with their new Chinese owners, whether or not they uh, become a bit more relevant, whether they try and show a bit of ambition to sign some decent players and play some decent football. But um, I, I, from what I've seen or heard, they've had a pretty underwhelming preseason. So uh, it wouldn't be the start to the season that their fans would have been hoping for. I, I fancy Palace in this game, I think. They've brought in Andros Townsend. It'll be a decent signing for him. Although it looks like Palassi might be on his way out pretty soon for £30 million. Pounds. I mean, who's likely with that? Uh, they still need that top-quality striker. You could almost say that this is the Berahino Cup, considering that they're trying to get Berahino off West Brom, uh, Palace, and they need someone like that desperately. But uh, I see... House just just having enough, so I'll go for two one. Yeah, I'm thinking it'll be a draw. It might be nil nil or one one, but it's going to be a pretty uh, tight game, I think. Um, Burnley at home to Swansea could be an interesting one, given how Swansea's uh, sold a couple, loaned out Gomez to France, and they've sold IU to West Ham, um, but they've managed to get in a couple of players as well. Um, it could be an interesting game for Swansea, uh, for Burnley at home, and, and a good chance for them to, to start off with a win. Do we see this one as perhaps uh, it's a pretty fifty-fifty game? I would think fifty-fifty in the way it's going to be. Oh well, horribly boring. Oh yeah, either side, it's a pretty decent chance to sneak to get the win. I would think. Oh, I don't think either side are a chance to win. I think this has got nil-nil written all over it, and both these teams are going down. What about you, Lenity? Um, yeah, Swansea did. They, they've dropped off a fair bit, um, and you know maybe there's a bit of the first game back in the in the top flight. Uh, so maybe Burnley will pick up pick up the win. Yeah, I mean I could see Andre Gray maybe getting a one nil victory for Burnley because he's looked pretty promising last season in the Championship and again over the preseason. So. Um, I, I'd keep an eye on him and see how he goes in this one, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the score sheet. Um, Everton against Tottenham promises to be a pretty big game for uh, the opening weekend because obviously Everton would want to start to see some improvement under Komen. Whether that's immediate or not might not be the case, but uh, Tottenham as well had a pretty slow start to last season and would want to hit the ground running. And I, I saw an interesting stat that apparently Tottenham uh, are the side to have lost the most opening game opening day fixtures in the Premier League. So um, they'd want to be writing that statistic against Everton. Um, how do we see this one panning out, uh, Boyan? You pretty much ruined my prediction by saying all that stuff. So I was about to say that <laughs> Spurs always start slowly. Everton are going to be really defensively solid now that they've got, gotten rid of John Stones and brought in a quality defender like Ashley Williams. So I can see Everton winning this 2-0. How about you, Lunity? Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Everton get the win. Um, I think Kerman will improve them a fair bit, um, although they haven't been super active. Um, they've got Williams in, which is good. Um, yeah, I, I think I still think Tottenham will win, though. Just quality yeah. in the end. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that. Tottenham might actually get 
have the edge in this one because I think they will be quite mindful of starting the season a bit better than they did last year. But it'll definitely be an interesting game to watch because it's another one that could really go either way and, and should be quite an interesting one to uh, keep an eye on. Um, Middlesbrough at home to Stoke will be another game like with Burnley where a promoted club will be pretty hopeful of getting three points to start the season. Um, Stoke haven't really brought that many players in over the off-season, whereas Borough have been pretty active strengthening for the Premier League. They've brought in your man Valdez uh, Boyan. Um, what do you make of their off-season, and do you do you see them as a decent chance in this one? Borough? Yeah. My their best signing by a mile is Victor Fisher. If he can stay fit, he will bang goals and create plenty for... Dredo and Jordan Rhodes. So he, he's a man to watch out for. He's a young kid. He's a formal wonder kid, really, but unfortunately he's been hampered by ankle injuries for the last season and a half. But if but if he can come good for them, he, he might be enough to keep them up, to be honest. And they brought in, yeah, not only they brought in Victor Valdez, they brought in Guzan, so they've got plenty of keepers, and they brought in Andreas Pereira today as well. Oh, I both, missed that both one. Of, yeah, it's both of that midfield. That'll be a good so, one. Yes, but I'm not sure how they're going to go against against Stoke, given you know, whilst they haven't maybe improved on paper, they've got I guess more. They've had more time with guys like Imbula in the team, and that that front three that they've got at uh, Stoke, I think, might be too much for Burroughs' defence. Uh, and then obviously the link between both your sides and um, Bora is Aitor Karanka, who served as Mourinho's assistant at Real Madrid. And he said that he won't be getting in touch with Mourinho for advice ahead of his uh, Premier League debut. But Lunity, obviously, um, when Mourinho was at Chelsea, I think you loaned out a few players to Bora when they were in the championship. Yeah. Um, how, how do you see them performing in the Premier League? Yeah, I think so. I think we loaned them... Um... Bamford at one point and uh, Callas as well. Um, Where's Callas these days? I'm actually not sure. I think he's been loaned. I think he got loaned to somewhere in Germany. Hang on, just, um, oh, okay, one of the uh, yeah, one of the German clubs, I suppose. I think it was one of the one of the Bamford. lower. No, it might have been. Oh no, there we go. Thomas Callas sent on loan to Fulham. Oh, so that's not in Germany at all. <laughs> um, that may have been last season that I'm thinking of. Um, um, I lost my place. What were we talking about? Uh, how do you reckon Borough will go against Stoke? Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with Borough. Yeah, and I think Stoke will still um, will pick up the win. Um, I, yeah, I don't think... I'm, too, I'm not too excited about this game, to be honest. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, we've also got Southampton up against Watford where, with Southampton yet again um, debuting a new manager in the Premier League and you have to wonder how many personnel they can lose over the over the seasons and still maintain that sort of form that they've shown um, up the top of the table. Um, Southampton at home, Watford really needing something out of this game given they've got some pretty tough fixtures after this. I think they play... Chelsea, United, uh, and a couple of other bigger clubs as well. Um, do we see Watford getting something out of this, or, or do we think Southampton's too strong? Um, I'll start with you, Lunity. Um, so who did who did Southampton bring in as manager? Uh, is it Claude? Pure. Oh, Pure, sorry. Pure. 
Yeah, Claude Peel. Yeah, Claude Peel. <laughs> there you go. We're both right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a, it's gonna be it's be very interesting to have two new managers going off um in the very first game. Um. I think Southampton do have the quality there, but Watford did very well. Like it surprised most people, I would say, last season with how well they did. I'm not sure how much of that was um, Flores uh, as coach, but um, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably go with Southampton um, picking up the win, or maybe even a draw here. How about you, Bojan? Uh, I think Southampton might struggle with scores, to be honest, losing uh, their best striker and best midfielder in the same summer, not really replacing them. It's probably not the greatest look. Um, in Graziano Pella and Sadio Mane. So I think now Strudel, Claude uh, Puel, he's got, a, he's got a pretty good reputation in, in France. So I think they'll be... I think they'll probably finish about about 10th this year. I don't think that they'll be too flash. Uh, Watford, I'm really disappointed in them getting rid of Peter Sanchez-Flores because I was pretty dewy about how well he was doing last year and how much I liked him. Walter Mazzari is an absolute shit truck. That bloke is a disaster. He will, he could send them down on his own. I'm telling you, they will implode under him. Is it? But is it just me? Because I, I, I only saw him for the first time uh, this morning when I was watching the previews for the season. Is it just me, or does he look a bit like an Italian Alec Baldwin? He does. <laughs> he does. He oh does. yeah, you're without, right. without the ability, yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Um, but, you know, Watford did just re-sign, thankfully for them, Odin Ogalo to an, a, a big yeah. five-year deal, I think I think it was. And and hopefully they play like a, a Flores team rather than a Matsari team early, early in the season, and I can see them winning 2-0. Um, yeah, just, I mean, I'll probably... Just quickly... Yep. Oh, sorry. No, you go. Oh, um, I was just wondering, did, did Watford sack Flores, or did they just... Did he just leave? I think they sacked him. I think they... I, I don't know uh, what the think, reasoning I think was. they... He was there on a one-year deal, and I think they failed to renew his contract. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Bit of, bit of but I, I, I don't understand what they were... Oh, you would have... ...expecting out of him. What, what did... Didn't they finish, yeah. like, 12th or something? 12th, and then they made yeah, a, no. Was it an FA Cup semi-final or quarter-final? They got a semi-final, yeah. And yeah. you know who's going to be, like, a massive loss for them this year? Nathan Aki. They let him... Yeah. He's, he, he's like got the Bournemouth, hasn't he? Bournemouth, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they let him go. That would, so He was one of their best players last year, and in fact, to be honest, Looney, he's probably be at, at Chelsea this year, Oh, I've, given your defence. One, one of the things that is very frustrating um, about that is that we, we should have kept him. Um, he's and good. it would have been good... He is. It would have been good to have Christensen back as well. Um, but we sent him on a two-year loan, so um, he's still at Mönchengladbach. Uh, we'll take him off Well, another team with two new managers is uh, Manchester City against Sunderland. Um, it'll be Guardiola's first match in the Premier League. Uh, and City do seem to start seasons with pretty big wins. I think they've had a few 4-0 wins on opening days in the last few seasons against Newcastle, Swansea, sides like that. Um We'll start with, touch on Sunderland first, obviously, with David Moyes being appointed as Allardyce's successor. Um, how, how do we see him going with Sunderland? I think he'll do well. 
I think he'll do well. I don't think we should judge him on this weekend's result as to how he's doing today. Yeah. <laughs> it, might, it might not be too pretty given their, given their side. But uh, look, he took over Everton and Everton were arguably in a worse situation and he got them multiple Europa League campaigns and, and won. He got them into fourth place one year and a, and a Champions League qualifier that they were very unlucky to, to lose. Um, so he's, he's got the ability to work on shoestring budgets in the Premier League. His, his teams are difficult to beat generally unless he's managing a, a top four team then they're very easy to beat. Um, and his, his transfer window activity has been, been interesting. I, I like the addition of, I, I like the addition for, for player and for both the two clubs of Yanuzai from United. If he can get him back to the form that he showed under Moyes in the first place, he could keep them up almost on his own. He's a very talented player. He's just got nothing between his ears at the moment, and he needs a good kick up the arse. And hopefully, you know, going going to Sunderland provides that for him. Paddy McNair, long term, will prove to be a decent signing at centre half for them. I'm not sure any of their other signings will will work out, but. Um, I think we all know that Sunderland's goal every year is in the Prem, and I think we'll achieve that. Lunity, do you see this as a, uh, a stuffing for Man City? Do we, do we see it being a big score? Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see, can definitely see it being a, a big win for City. Um, but I, I do agree that I think Moyes will do well at Sunderland um, over the season. Um and it's just unfortunate that his very first game back, he's going to be playing City. Yeah, I can probably see a 3-0 or maybe even a 4-0 for uh, Man City in that one. Um, next up is Bournemouth up against Man United. And uh, it was interesting, this fixture last year, I think Bournemouth actually got the win against you guys, Bayern, um, with uh, De Gea dropping a ball into the goal from a, from a, straight from a cross uh, for one of them. Um do we see United getting off to a good start under Mourinho and, and battering Bournemouth away from home, or, or is it going to be sort of uh, a little while longer before the attacking players that have been brought in um, start to gel? I think we'll have a better start to the season than your boys. But, um, <laughs> oh. No, look, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really disappointed that uh, the FA brought in this rule where you can get banned in one country and it translates to a new country. So Paul Podbo got two bookings across the course of the Italian version of the FA Cup. And because he got two bookings in a cup, cup, cup competition last year, they banned him from the first Premier League game. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Um, is Pogba really... the, the first player or only player so far to have been affected by that? Is it a new rule? I think there are three players um, who are, but certainly none as... Yeah, uh, you know, none as important yeah. as uh, Paul Podra. But look, I th- I think we'll I think we'll definitely ha- have enough in this game. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing how, how the new the new signings gel, and I can see us winning this game relatively comfortably. Let's call it three 0 What's your take on this one, Lunity? Do you see a comfortable win for United? Yeah, yeah. I think it'll probably at least 2-0 uh, for United. Yeah, I think I'm probably in the same boat. Probably 2 or 3-0 for United. Um, 
Sunday night, there's a couple of interesting games. First of them being uh, Arsenal up against Liverpool. Um, Arsenal, pretty similar situation to Hull at the moment in terms of fit centre-backs. I think they've got uh, Callum Chambers and um, their new signing from Bolton in, in holding, who will be the only fit centre-backs, unless I'm mistaken. Uh, so that'll be an interesting one for them up against Liverpool. Um at the Emirates, where Liverpool don't seem to have a very good record, but do we reckon Liverpool a pretty decent chance for this one? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I'd say that... Uh, oh, what the hell is going on with Arsene Wenger and Ivan Gazidis <laughs> and Stan Conkey? I mean, seriously, just open up, open up the checkbook. You may turn over a, probably between 150 and 200 million pounds this season with the TV deals and your and your commercial sponsorships, you can't. You're haddling over a couple million pounds for Mustafi, and Mustafi's not a world class defender. He's a good defender, but he's not a world class defender. But look, you guys need someone. Arsenal need someone desperately, and uh, you can always. I can already see it. What's going to happen, mate? What's going to happen is Liverpool are going to turn up. They're going to absolutely batter Arsenal. I'm tipping three to four one. They're going to batter them. The fans are going to absolutely melt down on. I mean, <laughs> Arsenal fan TV, tune into that early voice. Um, <laughs> it'll be glorious. And then Vendor will be sprung into action and he'll magically buy a centre half. So the writing's on the wall totally. He's such a bloody tight ass and he needs, he needs a decent kick up the ass to do anything that way. How do you see it, Leonard? Do you see it as similar to what Bojan thinks? Yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, just got to remember about that net spend, though. Very important. <laughs> the, the, they win the, that every year. The interesting <laughs> thing, though, well, well, hey, hang on. I think we're doing all right with it this year. We're uh, 4.5 million in sales with nil on the spending. Um, <laughs> Top four, mate. Top four, you are. Yeah, not doing too badly on that one. Um it's interesting though because you kind of you think yeah, their centre backs are so sparse at the moment, but you also get the sense that maybe that like, somehow Arsenal seem to sort of cling on and 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 kind of make it up as they go along in terms of um, players where they might not have the fit players and they might end up playing Sanchez as a striker or something like that, but they might end up still performing quite well um, at home. It depends on the Liverpool side that turn up because, I mean, Liverpool at some points last season were battering sides and at other times barely seemed to be able to string passes together and, and uh, attack with any sort of fluidity. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I do tend to agree. I think Liverpool end up smashing Arsenal, but um, it could be a decently high-scoring game, that one. Um, the last game to look at is obviously Chelsea up against West Ham at home. Um West Ham, I think, did they do the double over you last season, Lunity? I think they did, or maybe maybe the one at Stamford Bridge may have been a draw. Might have been a draw. How, how do you um, see this one panning out? Obviously, Billich still at West Ham, so they've got that sort of continuity. Um, Chelsea with a new manager. Do you see this being a danger game? Yeah, for sure. Um, it'll be very really important to kick off with a win um, under Conte at Stamford Bridge. Um, but... West Ham were really good last season. Um, I think Payet t- tore us a new one, um, at least at um, Upton Park. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes again. 
Um, and I don't know. I'm just I'm just really not confident in our defence at the moment. Um, so I think it's going to be a case of we have to score more than they can score against us, rather than defending them as much. How, how, do, you, how do you see it, Boyan? Uh, look, I think that um, Chelsea might start the season slowly and they might struggle to, to score early. I might be proven completely wrong by that. But... Uh, I don't think Payet's pretty much had a pre-season at all. We definitely didn't play in those Europa League ties so they've just come back from the Euros. I don't know what part he's played in pre-season, but probably not enough to have this, the same impact he did last year from the start. So I'm definitely looking at a draw for this game, probably 1-1. One, one. Uh, and just on one of your new signings, who I haven't really touched on yet in Batshuayi, um, how do you see him going, Lunady? Do you see him being a promising addition who who might be able to light up the Premier League this season, or is he more one for the long term? Um, I think he's more for the long term, but he has looked he's looked all right in in preseason. Um, I think I think it was a mistake. We, we sent Traore out on loan, and he's he's been fantastic in preseason. So it's it's a bit frustrating that we've let him him go when he would have been a perfect backup for uh, Costa. But I think I think the case would go that. Um, Batman will um, be back up to Costa with Remy playing if Conte remembers that he exists. Um, I I think he'll do okay, but I don't think he's going to set the world on fire. Well, it's going to be a very interesting weekend of uh, fixtures, as the first weekend of the Premier League always is. New managers at at a number of clubs, promoted clubs hoping to get off to a good start, and uh, top four clubs hoping to get on a roll to start their title challenge. Uh, So it's going to be a really interesting set of games to look forward to tonight. So thank you both for coming on to chat about them. No worries. Yeah, it's a time. (laughs) And uh, thank you everyone for listening in. Uh, Until this time next week, we'll see you on the forums.